Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the OA News Overtime Podcast and another Auburn Tiger blown lead. Jordan Hill joining me from Columbia, South Carolina, man. Uh, I have a feeling this episode is going to go a lot like last week's episode. Uh, what did you see up there, Jordan? Jordan's leaving the stadium. He's on Zoom. I'm back here at the mothership in Auburn. Uh, Jordan, what did you – What just initial reaction, visceral reaction leaving Williams-Brice Stadium? Yeah, uh, first off, I want to make sure we, we got to call this episode uh, an on-the-road episode because I'm literally on the road. I'm, yeah, there you go. I'm a, cra- I'm a crazy person. I'm headed back to Auburn. We got, some, we got some Thanksgiving stuff going on tomorrow, so I want to make sure I get back. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, it, at this point, the results speak for themselves. I mean, you come in, we talked about it during the week, and I was so tempted to pick the South Carolina team for a number of reasons, mm-hmm. and and I ultimately did not because I knew and I still believe that South Carolina isn't as talented as Auburn, and that's got to be the thing that stings the most and the thing that, you know, quite frankly, Auburn fans, I, I think, have a reason to be upset is this was not a more talented uh, South Carolina team, and no. if anybody was listening to the post game and called Shane Beamer, this was in his actual press conference, uh, he said they ran two plays in the second half and they just kept running the same two plays over and over and Auburn couldn't stop it. I mean, that, that is beyond, yeah. uh, you can't defend that. You cannot yeah. defend a, a team like South Carolina who does not have as much talent, who had a quarterback who was at St. Francis last year. Right. Carved right. you up and and you couldn't do anything you couldn't do anything on offense again after the first quarter you managed three points right like i you know you have to i totally understand that there is reason to you know keep in mind that you know that Bo is out that sure kobe hudson was out that brandon council was out but come on man like this one is to me, almost as bad as the Mississippi State one. I mean, this was wow. just – I mean, I, I the, numbers, the number's not as big, but the circumstances are just such. You know, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. I mean, just the way it all fell together and the way it looked, it was yeah. just – it was just bad. And, yeah. and you're you're staring down the, the, the barrel of a six-and-six six season, and that's a disappointment. I mean, I you know, I think that you – as strong as certain points of this season were, you sure. know, you didn't fire Gus, no matter, you know, who you hired to replace Gus, you didn't fire him to go six and six. That's just the nature of it. And, and it's, again, I understand Bo didn't play it. You know, TJ looked good at points, but right. I mean, you, you can't lose to South Carolina two years in a row. This is not Steve Spurrier, South Carolina. This no. is a far cry from right. that. And, and you're left with, their longest losing streak in nine years. I mean, again, for me, I, I want to get your perspective watching it from home, but for me that, you know, we're at the point where some of that stuff speaks for itself. You don't really need to editorialize some of that stuff. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we're not going to harp on it too much, but I mean, like you said, first in nine years, that means it never happened under Gus. That's what that means. Uh, never, never three losses in a row under Gus. And now you're looking at, Lose this bowl game, you got a six and seven losing season. That never happened under Gus. Gus never had a losing season. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 tough, man. No, I can I can see where you're coming from. I mean, for me, I think 
I would say Mississippi State loss is worse. Man, what a dire situation that we're ranking <laughs> these two losses. Uh, but no, I mean, and and you know, and this is what I went back to, um, and in the column I wrote is like, okay, you can say, um, you know, you can say, I. You blew the, You had the lead twenty-eight to three. You had the lead fourteen to nothing. You were talented enough to take the lead, and the talent didn't disappear on the sideline, right? So if we're saying, "Oh, Gus left the covered bear," whatever, how the heck did they get up twenty-eight to three? How the heck did they get up fourteen to nothing? You can watch that game and look at Tank Bigsby, who Tank had an amazing football game. Gosh, all week, what did we say? Run the ball, win the game. Six words. And they were able to run the ball, tank near 200 yards, if you add the rece- receiving uh, to the rushing. Uh, I think it was the possibly the best uh, Auburn football performance uh, I've seen in a loss since Kenny Irons in 2005, and Auburn fans know what that means. Uh, but but I'm just – that's where I'm at is um, you can't just keep saying, oh, it's – oh, Harson's got to bring in his, his guys or whatever because these guys have the talent to win these last two winnable games. I believe that. And, and that's subjective. Here's an objective reality, right, Jordan? Brian Harson ain't got that kind of time to roll over his whole roster. As we've talked about before, that takes four years. You have a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. For him to bring in a whole team of his own guys – Guess what? If you're 0-8 against Georgia and Alabama, you're probably fired. That's it. We've talked about that before. I, that's my thing is, like, what's the magic number, right? I, I don't think it's 10. I don't think it's as high as 10. It's it maybe 6. I think it's probably 6. It might be 8. It might be 4, right? But what's the magic number? Somewhere in there, he's going to have to beat Georgia or Alabama with not his guys, right? So all this – so all the talk about, you know – and, and, and the thing that hurts, that you talked about something stinging the worst, to me what makes me probably most critical is that consistency, this like conservative thing, this like discipline thing, you, you're not supposed to blow these leads like that. That's the opposite, right? If he's, and and that, it seems to go against pretty much everything he's preached since he came in. So for me, as an observer, Brian, you better start preaching something else. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? I agree. And and the thing too, to me, you know, I think you could, you go either way as far as, you know, we talked about Mississippi state loss, South Carolina loss. The thing that makes it worse in my opinion is look at the two situations here. You're looking at Brian Harson, Shane Beamer, both first year head coaches, right? You know, Auburn should be ahead of South Carolina. You know, when South Carolina has been really good, those are literally, those are blips. You know, those are exceptions to generally the rule of South Carolina football. Now there's a reason Steve Spurrier is worshiped and remembered as fondly as he is for winning like he did, because it just didn't happen here consistently. Right. And, you know, look at the two hires. Harson has the background in Boise, you know, known as an offensive guy you know, known as someone who's expected to come in, fix the offense, put up points. Shane Beamer, you know, is like, well, he coached here. His dad's famous. You know, he can probably recruit well from his time being at South Carolina. Never been a coordinator. You know, looked at as like a young, energetic, kind of like startup coach. And they're just like Dabo, just like, just like the rival Dabo who went straight, yeah. from, straight from, yeah, straight, did, wasn't a coordinator, right. Yeah, and South Carolina is bowl eligible now, thanks to the night. You know, I, I don't know where they are in the standings, but they're recruiting really well. Like, I mean, before the season, you would have probably taken 
Carson over Beamer, would you do that right now? I, it's harder to say. I mean, what what can you say that makes you definitively say, oh, I would take Brian Harson over Shane? Right. I mean, you know, I think to me that's a little bit more damning as far as just how this season has gone. And we were even talking about it in the press box, some of us, you know, you always want to see a team get better as the year goes on, especially as a first-year head coach. Everybody's yeah. kind of buying in. And you cannot make the argument. Again, I get people are hurt. I get you're playing. You know, you played again without Owen tonight. Right. Uh, but they're not getting better. And their special no. teams, we – I mean, we're literally up there just bracing for something to happen on special teams. And then it did, you know. Right. I, I hate that – I hate that that happened to Jalen Simpson and, you know, you feel for a kid for it to happen like that. And it's not necessarily, you know, a, a slide against him, but special no. teams has been just, a, a, you know, it's like they keep pulling a grenade and just no. waiting for something to happen. And, and then it happened tonight and, right. and it wound up costing them a chance. Still, you know, I'm not convinced that Auburn gets the ball and drives down there, scores, takes the lead, no. but you know, they get a chance. And right. Then they he- go, they don't wind up having that chance. TJ deserved a chance, just like, you know, just like he had against Georgia State to march down the field and, and you know, be a hero again. He deserved at least a chance to get the ball in his hand. Uh, and, 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 but that's, and this is where, you know, the, this is where the headline of my column came from, man. It's like, yeah, last week you can blame that targeting call on, you know, on what was it, TD? Uh, that that yeah. was a pretty big point in that game. You can blame the officials for this, which, Listen, you can. I didn't see on a review him touch it. I don't. I, I didn't see it at all. But again, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You shouldn't be in that situation, especially two weeks in a row. You know, you shouldn't have. You shouldn't leave it up to them when you're more talented than both these teams they just lost to. I agree. I agree totally. And like that's the thing I keep coming back to. You know, I, at the start of the week, anyone who listened to our in week podcast. When I was talking to Ben Portnoy, who covers South Carolina for the state, I was ready to pick South Carolina by a point. Yeah. And he, he just he harped on, like, man, this team is not as talented. And I was like, that's going to be the difference. Right. And the fact remains, they yeah. weren't as talented. It should have been. It should have been the difference. They they dice, tank dice them like no one this season because we knew <laughs> they're going to be able to push them around a little bit because, of course, they're going to push them around a little bit. Those guys like Auburn has pushed around guys like South Carolina has all the way from high school through peewee and eighth grade and everything else. Auburn, of course, was able to run the ball because they're more talented. And they still, again, we can go back to the – and then obviously everyone can question any play call. It doesn't make you – know, no one's opinion is more valid than anything else. But Tank got two carries in the second uh, second quarter. They went for it on fourth down, which the analytics said, yes, go for it. The analytics certainly didn't say do play action and leave Tank on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's things like that. And then that second to last drive, well, it was Auburn's last drive because of the muff punt. But Auburn got the ball back with about five and a half left. This is what ended up being their last gasp. Uh, TJ hits a big completion then gets about to the 40 and goes nowhere. Uh, Tank didn't touch the ball. And he was dicing them up, man. It was Tank. Tank was Tank was everything. Uh, and so Tank deserves better. Tank deserves better. TJ deserves better. All the athletes deserve better. Uh, because they and – and that that's where – that's where I'm at, where it's like, oh, Harson has to get his guys. Uh, he should be winning these games with these guys because these guys are talented enough to get these leads. So they're talented enough to win these games. Well, well, my biggest thing, you know, when you look at 
the way things are going, just keep it simple. And you say with football, you get your best players ball. And we saw, I mean, we saw what we've known and it just hasn't really worked out that, you know, Tank is probably still Auburn's best player. If he's not, you know, he's one of it at least, if not the best player. Right. And he finally had a little bit of room to work. And then right. in moments that you would consider crunch time on that fourth and one, he's not even on the field, you know, much right. less getting the ball. And then on that last drive, like, I get that you kind of want to air it out, but time was still kind of on your side. I mean, they got the ball back, I think, with like roughly five minutes left. It wasn't quite like we got 45 seconds left. You know, we have to throw, mm-hmm. you know, get the work tank in there. There, you know, and, and I'm the kind of person I understand that like you could we could break down every play call and say, well, they should have done this, they should have done that. Right. But there was some, there was some of that that I think is very valid. You know, the I didn't hate the decision to go for it on fourth down, that fourth and one right before half, but the mm-hmm. play call was just very suspect. Right. And then you give South Carolina short field. We know that the South Carolina offense isn't the most explosive, you know. You yeah. give them a short field and they go down and score. And they may, again, we talked about this, and this goes back past just this year, so this is not a Brian Harson thing. Right. How quarterbacks have they made look just outside Jason Brown you know yeah. who who like you know I mean <laughs> it, this is a guy that was at St. Francis and he's out here I yeah. mean he threw a dime to Van for one of the touchdowns which to credit to to Jason Brown it was a great throw you know it wasn't necessarily like bad coverage but I mean just add him to the list man like he yeah. they made plays in the passing game and then uh, I think was the running back White, uh, not Kevin Harris, the other running back. Oh my mm-hmm. god, they could not they could not corral him at all. No, no, man. If they if they really just ran a couple plays in the second half, and I imagine it's got to be an RPO situation where it's a pretty complex play, but that's damning. That's damning evidence right there. But uh, like you said, it's that's true. Like every time, it seems like every quarterback is going to have its his career game against Auburn and I mean ultimately you got to be sick of it and like you know it's and yeah all, all we all that's been talked about this whole time is this toughness and discipline and consistency and I can't help but go back to it but this is these last two games are the opposite you know yeah. if you were Lane Kiffin and you were in here preaching like man we're gonna get the best athletes we're gonna be fast we're gonna swing heavy then maybe you blow some weeds right but it's the opposite it's the opposite. It's supposed to be consistency. It's supposed to be we're going to make take four stars and make them into six stars. It was supposed to be steady because Gus was too up and down. So we're trying to find some consistency. And now, I mean, they've had none of it here, none of it uh, in the last two games. And I, it's uh, it's just poor, man. It's poor. Two poor performances. And and here's the thing to build off of what you're saying. You know, uh, Harson, you know, has a lot of coach speak, which he's not not the only one that, right. that's not, you know, that's not unique to him, but it works when you're winning. And, right. and this is, you know, uh, this is especially more the fan base besides the players, because, you know, I'm not in the locker room. I can't tell you that, you know, they quit on this new coach, anything like that, but you can sell that vision and, you know, the fourth and one mentality, if you can win and you don't got to go undefeated, but you got to show promise. You got to show steps forward. You got to show, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, that there's progress being made down the stretch. And when you're saying all this stuff about consistency and you're saying all this stuff about coming in and working and fixing things. Loving football. 
loving football, not just loving winning, right? Yeah, you got to do it because right. if it's not just cheap talk. And, and right. to be to be fair to Brian Harson, in that post game, he talked about you know essentially, I'm not quoting him directly, but that it was a reflection on him. You know, it comes back right. to him has to do a better job. And you know what I mean? I, I got to give him credit for owning that. You know, sure. as you're the head coach, the team and how they perform and if they can't finish in clutch situations or they make the same mistakes, that's a reflection on you. And, and I'll give him credit because that's what he said and said that, you know, that's something that he has to help everybody understand that that's something they got to improve. And I mean, he's right. I mean, because if you want to build the vision of Auburn football that Brian Harson has, especially as we've talked about multiple times with Georgia and Alabama right now as the face of the conference, Mm-hmm. That consistency has to be there, you, and you have to back up that talk because if not, you're going to be in a situation where sitting at six and five is more of the norm than you want. And if it becomes the norm, that tenure is not going to be as long as you want it to be. I mean, that's you know, that's just how it's going to work. You have to, build, you got to actually back up the talk with results. And again, you know, I'm not in a situation as someone who covers the team to say what they're doing will not work, like abort mission, anything right. like that. No. But it's a situation where you see how it's going and, and you understand that they have to back it up. If right. everything they talk about this program wanting to be, right. they have to show progress toward that. And right now they're not. And I, and I think Brian Harson would tell you that. I don't think that sure. he's the kind of guy that's going to say, well, look here, here, and here. He understands. I mean, he was asked about, you know, scored 17 points, and he just flat out said 17 points is not going to cut it. And he's right, you know. Right. And, and and so, I mean, I give him credit for, you know, he's not going to try to, like, you know, sidestep hard questions or say, you know, well, this was okay if we would have – I mean, he's going to own it. You know, he's an offensive guy. He understands that if you're going to score 17 points on the road, in an SEC game, I would say nine times out of ten, you're going to be walking away with a loss. Right. That better be that Georgia defense, not, not South Carolina's defense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And, yeah, and I, I should say, you know, I didn't hear his post-game press conference. I'm over here worrying with the print product and everything, so I couldn't jump in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's – that's it, he's got to say that. But it's like – but, that I mean, that's where we are is like – that's where I'm at is like, okay, you got to work with who you got. You know, for the Auburn fan who's out there who was like, oh, it's only year one. He doesn't have his guys. Like, okay, he'll get some. But, again, the clock is ticking. You got to beat Georgia or Alabama with Gus's guys or else you're not going to – you know what I mean? You're only going to get three or four years of going winless against those two teams where you get fired. That's the nature of where Auburn – that's the nature of the rivalries. That's the nature of where you are. And it's Auburn stuck again. We talk about it every week. Auburn stuck between a rock and a hard place between uh, Alabama and Georgia. Uh, everybody hates that, but that's just where things are. And what you can't do, you know, what you shouldn't do is shoot yourself in the foot, Jordan. That's what they've done two weeks in a row. Yeah, and you got to beat inferior opponents. I mean, that's the name of the game in the SEC. And think about you know what the knock on Gus all the time, other than you know not beating Alabama, Georgia, LSU enough was that you would see those good performances and then you would see Auburn lose to a team they shouldn't. You know, Tennessee a couple of years ago, um, you know, I'm sure you could rattle off a, a ton of examples. Sure. And that's what we're, so we've seen this year. I mean, I think that 
they should have beaten Mississippi State, obviously, and they had a shot tonight to beat South Carolina, and they didn't. And, and you can't, you know, that's not a way to build a program to where, you know, you want it to be. And, and to build off of the point you were just making about, you know, the, the nature of having to compete with those teams, think about, I, mean, I think back, to Brian's introductory press conference. And he talked about, you know, accepting the challenge and like, you know, being drawn to the challenge, coaching the SEC. You know, this is not news to him. You know, I, he comes in understanding what the mandate is. The mandate is to be competitive with Georgia and Alabama. And, you know, you're not going to be unfairly judged, I don't think, from your first year you got to be competitive. And I thought, you know, on the whole, uh, they played Georgia fairly well. We all know what the Georgia defense is. Sure. Now the big test is going to be how do they handle Alabama. I mean, you know, I saw people, you know, floating lines. This was before tonight's game. You know, Alabama like an 18-point favorite. You know, we'll probably see in the next few days what the line, you know, yeah. winds up being if it moves at all. But, like, you got to show some sign of, you know, a confidence. I mean, we know what this Alabama team is going to be, but uh, you got to show something going in and, and trying to kind of ease what's been a really rough second half of the year. Just like that, Jordan, it is Iron Bowl week. Can you believe it? It's wild, man. Like, I, I can't even – I mean, it just feels like this season has gone by so quick. And uh, it's it's been it's strange, but uh, I mean uh, it's it's been fun, but it's gone by pretty quickly. I, I think it's gone by quick, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. It has. It's flown by, man. Uh, so is this podcast, Jordan. You got anything else to add, or should we wrap this thing up? One more thing before we kind of wrap it up. Just what did you think of how part uh, no turnovers? Uh, had the one touchdown pass to Demetrius. Uh, what did you sort of take away from how he played in his first start? Oh, TJ played as good as he could. D TJ played well enough to not lose the game for sure. That's what I thought. And uh, I think TJ, yeah, TJ definitely played. Because uh, when you come into this game, you're trying not to lose the game when you're when you're TJ, when you're a more talented team, when you have Tank running like crazy. Uh, so, yeah, no, I thought TJ did very well. Uh you know, there, there were some plays, like there was a, a strike over the middle that I saw on Twitter. I was like, hey, Bo doesn't make that throw. And I'm like, hey, man, maybe I agree. Now, there's also some sacks that TJ takes that Bo wouldn't have taken because he just scrambled around, right? Uh, each player has their strengths, right? So at least, hey, TJ showed some of his strengths. Uh, you'd like to see him maybe running through some people a little bit more. And uh, I laugh because, you know, there's a certain fourth and one play where, I, you know, you'd like to see TJ use his big body to just get the yard, right? Uh, but, no, I think, uh, you know, I think TJ, I mean, strong marks for TJ. He did what he had to do to win, I think. I mean, obviously the offense only scored 70 points, which is bad. And, you know, it's when I say it wasn't Tank's fault on offense, I'm less, it's like, well, whose fault was it, right? But going in, you knew TJ – was going to have to, you know, it was going to have it, – he had to play not to lose instead of play to win. And uh, I think he – you know, I think for the most part he did that. Uh, I think it was just everything around him. Uh, it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, you know, I think specifically because I feel like this kind of gets lost in the shuffle because of how the game ended. Uh, they went for it on fourth and 16, and we were all like, whoa, what's happening? And then TJ threw a strike. To yeah, that's the play. That's the play I was yeah. talking about. Yep. 
oh yeah and i was like oh my i mean like that showed you i think the confidence they had in him to make that play you know he had again he had a few plays like that it credit to shedrick jackson because you know i'll be honest a few uh, weeks got thing was after that a&m game on twitter spaces you know we were pretty critical and i mean i was one of the people very, very critical of how shedrick had been playing right. i mean i thought shedrick probably had his best game of the year you know, I was really impressed with how he played with TJ, how they were able to make plays together. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I thought uh, TJ made some really good plays. There was a few times where he held the ball too long and, and right. it wound up either, you know, being a sack or being a dangerous throw where, you know, if he'd have just kind of ate it and you know, thrown it out of bounds and lived to fight another day. Uh, but I thought on the whole, he played pretty well. And I think to your point again, you know, he did turn the ball over, and he had them in position. And think, too, you know, I don't think this wound up being why they lost, but, you know, they should have had 20 points. You know, you line up Ben Patton for a 25-yard field goal, and I get, again, he's not the starting kicker, but he should still be able to probably make a 25-yard field goal. Sure. Uh, so they could have had 20 points, which obviously would have helped. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was I was pretty impressed as far as the first go of it for TJ. I would have been really interested, obviously, to see how that very last drive would have played out had you know the muff punt not happened. But that's the nature right. of the game. Uh, you know, it's it's the difference in winning and losing. Sometimes it's it really is a game of inches, and you look at it right there with how close it was to the ball not hitting Jalen to you know. Uh, TJ getting the ball one more time and seeing what he can do against the defense. Right. And you say, if you say that's a coin flip, Auburn should have got the call. I mean, there's probably a coin flip that happened against Georgia State where Auburn got it. There was the call, the review. There was now that I say that. Yeah. 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 That shanker catch. So there yeah. you go. Give it and take it away. If there, I, you know, I now sound smart because I accidentally said that. But <laughs> yeah, 50 50. Uh, you get one and you don't get the other one. Uh, you know what I mean? You could have easily lost to Georgia State and beaten South Carolina, you know? I mean, you should – again, I go back to you shouldn't be in that situation, right? No, I agree. So, hey, man, that's all – that's about all I got. You got anything else, Jordan? No, I think that's it. Uh, just, you know, just a, another another head-scratcher. I mean, it's yeah. never boring covering Auburn, and I'm really interested to see what we hear the next few days because, you know – throw the records out as far as, you know, this is going to be a big game and everybody's going to care about what happens as far as the fans of both teams in the state. Right. And it's an opportunity for Auburn to prove that they can move on from this three-game losing streak. And even if they don't win the Iron Bowl, I mean, at least show that they're not throwing in the towel and just trying right. to ease through the rest of the year. I promise you, whether Auburn fans like it or not, there are a lot of Auburn fans who say, oh, please, he's in year one. Uh, I promise you the grade counts against Alabama. I promise you that. Whether you like it or not, he's going to be graded for Auburn's performance uh, against Alabama. So the grade will count. I can at least promise that. So, but hey, man, Jordan, that's about all I got. That's another episode of, of the two of us yelling into Zoom. Uh, <laughs> travel safe, man, and uh, have a happy whatever early Thanksgiving with your folks. And then uh, and we'll see, you, we'll see you back and we'll have another episode in the middle of the week, right? Yeah, man, I'm ready for it, ready to, to get back to Auburn, do a little early Thanksgiving stuff tomorrow, and uh, and yeah, you're ready for Iron Bowl week, baby. It's Iron Bowl week. Here it is again, man. All right, Jordan. Uh, for Jordan Hill, I'm Justin Lee. 
This was OA News Overtime. Uh, we'll catch you guys down the road and see you next episode.